There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Power Court Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the show. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, no longer missing in action. I am back here. Apologies for the uh, the fairly, I don't know, I guess fairly long break there. It was probably, uh, I'm trying to remember, the radio show went a little longer. But uh, I went out west for a while and uh, I ended up taking a little break off the show, as you can probably tell, because uh, it has been, we had the Jeff Cadill episode back in, uh, I think it was like the first or second week of uh, October, and uh, I have left you good people since then, but uh, I am back and uh, very happy about it. I've been itching to get back in studio. I came back in, I'm doing this Sunday night, and uh, Friday night came in and did the radio show, first one since uh, getting back. And uh, it was it was just so great to do. It, I was so excited, and I really wasn't even expecting to do a radio show uh, this week, or really last week, I guess now at this point. But uh, I was like, man, I really wanna I want to do it. So it's like I'm not gonna wait till uh, I do the podcast over the weekend. It's like I want to get in the studio now. And uh, it was just so great to come in and uh, just you know just a real simple episode. Made a made a playlist, got everything around real quick. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was overall a really fun show. I missed a lot of new music while I was gone. And, uh, that also made, I think for a good, uh, a good playlist of like a lot of new stuff. Cause I was really the, the last few days I, I got home, uh, like the, the afternoon, the day before Thanksgiving in like the afternoon. So like I was, I was really pushing it. Like I've only been home a few days and, uh, you know, just kind of, again, like kind of rushing, getting things around and stuff, but wanted to make sure that, uh, I got in, got to do the show and, uh, you know, go through and check out some new music that, uh, I missed during the time music people have sent me, um, things that I've wanted to check out, things I didn't know about or forgot about. And, uh, a lot of good stuff. I, uh, I went through the depths of my email to, uh, to find it, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good radio show. And uh, I'm very excited to be back doing uh, doing the podcast and doing the radio show uh, back in full swing. You know, it is it is we're at the end of the year here already, as uh, as I'm sure you can already tell if you don't know. And uh, this is the November rundown. And it's crazy because really I have like the rest of uh, the year, like show wise, like it's all pretty written out because you you have like, I don't know, I probably have like four or five weeks left Um and in that, I mean, there's going to be for, uh, you know, there's the Christmas episode of the radio show where it's all Christmas music. Uh, this week, it is all replacements to open up the uh, first episode of the month on the radio show. It's an all replacements playlist. Uh, you know, a couple weeks going to be the uh, Christmas episode. Then the following week, which will be the last one of the year, is uh, always my uh, favorite songs of the year. You know, it'll be two hours of just music from 2021 and uh, all the best stuff. So really like... In between there, I have like one or two episodes I even have to like kind of think about. And then same with the podcast, you know, obviously doing my uh, top 10 album of the year countdown at the end here. And uh, I have a few other things in the bag here and uh, a few people I think I'll be talking to. But uh, yeah, everything's pretty much written out for the rest of the year because really, I mean, we're talking weeks here, not months. 
and uh, it's just crazy to think about. But it, it didn't help that I was gone for so long. I, uh, I ended up going out west, and uh, it was the house sit for a, a family member, and uh, also a kind of that slash a reason I've been I've been thinking of moving to Portland. So it was kind of like, come on out here slash then you can like go up to Portland and uh, check it out and stuff. And, uh, and I did go and I went out West, drove out there and, uh, and funny enough, I actually did bring recording equipment, but, uh, things, things just did not work out well. I was having some problems with my uh, little mixing board that I brought with. And, uh, you know, after I had issues with that and just kind of screwing around with my, uh, my, I guess it'd be, I think it's 2011 MacBook. Um, my my laptop, which I I almost you know it's funny because I don't think of it as old, but it is. It's over ten years old, or is ten years old, and uh, it's slow as fuck. And uh, that that's what I brought with, and like that thing was just being really shitty. Um, the mixing board was just having some issues, and I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna chill on uh, trying to do you know like trying to produce a podcast and radio show while I'm out here. So like kind of started with uh with high hopes and like you know within a couple days I'm kind of like you know I think I'm just gonna say forget this for now it's like I, I I think uh I think the world can go a month without without new power cord hours and uh lo and behold the world did not explode you know nothing uh nothing uh too crazy happened you know we uh we're the sun is still rising and uh, setting at night and uh you know I, I water's still wet so hey you know, we're, we're okay here. We're okay. And, uh, I'm very happy to be back, but yeah, I mean, I was out there, uh, early October. And like I said, up until last Wednesday. So, uh, I, and I drove out there and I went, I went very fast both ways because, uh, getting back, you know, I was rushing back for Thanksgiving and, uh, only had a few days to do it. I was having some car troubles, had to order a part. And, uh, I mean, the thing got there like Saturday, had to get it fixed and then just get on the road Sunday morning and uh, just rush out. You know, that that damn part was kind of, which sucks because if I had more time, you know, I always, it's funny because this was like the first time I think I ever went, not even think it was the first time I ever went cross country, just straight, just drove uh, Interstate 80, just straight across right to California. Like I always take the most fucking insane routes when I go cross country because I'm trying to make a trip out of it. That's the whole point of driving, in my opinion. You know, like that's that's why I'm driving and not flying is to hit all these things in between. And uh, this time was just really just drive straight through. Um, you know, drive as good, good as much as you can in a day. Sleep, get up, do the same thing, and uh, I do it in like three days. I did it. I, I did pretty good time both ways. But uh, yeah, it was the first time ever just going like straight like that and not just going some, you know, going really down south and taking like Route 66 or going up north. You know, I, I always kind of take 80. 80 is kind of like a jumping, you know, you can kind of use it and then like jump off and go different places. But I've never taken it just straight over. And uh, I feel like that's kind of the one that like touring bands 80. I mean, 80 will get you all across this country um, pretty, pretty fast. Um, I feel like that is like the main drag, but it, it also is, uh, cause I, I've heard a lot of bands over the years get, uh, in accidents over the winter. Cause there are parts of it that get real bad. I mean, I, I missed any of that. I, it didn't hit before I got, you know, thankfully it, uh, held off before I got home, but there are some parts of 80 where, yeah, you don't really want to be on there in the winter time unless you really have to be, but, uh, yeah, was out, was out West, not doing the show. But uh, I had a good time overall. Um, you know, I was missing. Uh, I was missing talking to you, fine folks. 
but uh, record stores. I would say that was my uh, highlight of my trip. Lots of good record stores while while I was uh, out there. I mean, the biggest one, Amoeba, Amoeba Records. I uh, hit uh, the San Francisco and Berkeley one. Uh, being in Sacramento, that's where my family is. I was house-sitting in Sacramento. So the Bay Area just being up the, uh, kind of up the road. I mean, the traffic's fucking nuts, but, you know, within reason, like two, two-and-a-half-hour drive to uh, the Bay Area. But, I mean, Amoeba is always... The Los Angeles one's my favorite, and I I still really, really, really want to go to the new location. All the pictures look cool. I mean, as iconic as the old one was, I understand. You know, you you just kind of got to move on. And uh, the new one looks pretty damn cool, though, and I would love to go check it out. But the San Francisco one and the uh, Berkeley one, just so good. I mean, they both of them... The Berkeley one, I got there late, so, I mean, part of me kind of having to to rush was... uh, also the fact that 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 they were closing and uh, also the fact that I need to stop spending money but in San Francisco that really was because I went up there with a huge pile and was like and they thought I was cashing out I'm like oh no can I just like leave these here like I'm I'm not done like I, I only got like 10 feet into your store when I when my arms got full like this and uh just went just went nuts in the uh, dollar and like Clarence section of their CDs, which like varied from a dollar to a whole dollar ninety nine, and uh, just went wild in there. I mean, you just because that's the best one. Like you go in there and like you start grabbing albums where it's like, okay, I I've heard of that band and I know like one song, you know the the like better than Ezra. Like I grabbed I grabbed their album with Good on it, Deluxe, I believe it's called. Because I know good, like that's the only song I know. But it's like, all right, for a buck, I'm gonna check it out. And uh, I haven't checked it out yet, so I can't give you my, uh, you know, I can't be like, oh my god, this is like the greatest band in the '90s, and I didn't know it. But uh, you know, that, that's what I love about those clearance sections is it's like you'll grab things and you end up finding great music because you're like, oh fuck it, I'll I'll spend a dollar on this, you know, whether it. Again, it's like a band that you've you've heard of, or there's like one song on it that you know of, or also the classic, which I always talk about here, like being on a record label that you love and respect. You know, going through and going, oh, I've never heard of this band, but it came out on Vagrant Records in like 2001. Probably gonna like it. Gonna grab it for a dollar. And uh, yeah, I did a lot of that at uh, Amoeba. And also, I mean, I think the biggest score I found at both of them, and I mean, I guess it makes sense being in California. But uh, I don't know if like someone just like hauled off their collection or what. But X, the band X, I found like so much goddamn stuff. I mean, like like records, like first press, the press of uh, more fun in the new world, which I thought was pretty cool. Don't get me wrong; it does. It looks like a first press. It's pretty fucking beat up. But uh, still rad. Found a couple like singles I'd never seen. I got this cool wild gift pin, which I can't tell, but it looks original. Like I don't, I don't know if it's a reprint, but it's like black and white, and is either made to look really retro or is a uh, original one. And uh, just just a bunch of other like live albums and rarities and stuff from X that uh, some I'd never even seen before. But like I'd, I'd never seen that selection for them. You know, normally. They're not always a band that a record store, like a cool record store, has them well stocked. They're like the replacements. Where like if you if you're in a good record store, there's a shit ton of replacements records. Like at Amoeba, like like they have they had stacks and stacks of replacements vinyl and CDs, as a good record store does. And same with X. But you know, at the same time, if you walk into and it, I, you know, I don't. It's not even a good example. I was gonna say like a Best Buy or an Fye, but like I don't even think either of them at this point make a fraction of their profits 
off music. So maybe that's a terrible, uh, that's like a terrible example, but you know, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of places where you're going to go in and and not particularly find a band like X, but there you're going to find a shit ton. And then same with, uh, like John Doe stuff and Exine's like spoken word, like a bunch of, uh, like the solo stuff and everything found all that a couple things on cassette and, uh, and was, not shamed. I shouldn't say not shamed, but I thought it was funny because the uh, the girl cashing me out was a X fan and was like fucking blown away that I'd never seen them live. Because quite frankly, I mean, X plays a lot and they tour a lot. And I'm really not sure how I've never seen them play. But she was kind of blown away. I was buying all this X stuff. I was like, how have you never seen them live? And uh, and then proceed to tell me how good they are live, which, uh, you know, I don't think she's wrong. I've seen video. But uh, really the only time I almost went and saw them in Minneapolis when they played at the Walker Arts Center just down the street from me in Minneapolis, which also is across the street from uh, Loring Park, which uh, is probably better known from uh, Hold Steady fans as Penetration Park. And a uh, very little cool piece of uh, music knowledge there. But X played this festival that they uh, do there. And uh, the, the thing was, is they were the only band on the on the bill that year that I wanted to see. And like at the time, like I really love X now. At the time, I was kind of like casual fan of them. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like they're just down the street. I should go see them. Old school punk band, you know, like like be a great great thing to go see them there. Um, play basically in front of a sculpture garden outside an art museum, which uh, is pretty rad. But uh, tickets were so much that I'm like, you know, I I couldn't justify it for one band at a festival. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how I've never seen X live, but I do need to change that because uh, all the videos I've seen look great. And also lately when they've been playing shows, I'm looking at the set list and uh, they've been playing some good stuff off Alphabet Land, which I want to hear stuff, you know, like that's how good that album is. A lot of times people only want to hear the old stuff. I want to see there's a bunch of songs I want to hear them play off uh, their newest record. It's just so damn good. But uh, yeah, Amoeba, Amoeba was, I mean, as far as for my record collection was a good thing, not for my wallet, uh, spent a disgusting amount at both. And, uh, and I, I don't know, it, it was, it really was like a thing. Like I had to stop myself, including in uh, San Francisco. Like I looked in vinyl for a little bit, but there's so much. I just, I'm just like, you know what? I can't like, what am I going to do? I'm teasing myself. I'm going to look through and go, nah, man, you can't. Like, you cannot. Like, you already have this huge pile up there. You can't make another one. And uh, so, yeah, I did that. And uh, down in uh, Sacramento, you know, it, it's so funny because I forget about it. When I look up, you know, like going there, I, I started going there the last five years as I started traveling because I have family there. So it's always kind of like a uh, end point for me on the other side of the country and a, a, a home base as well out west where I can kind of, you know, stay there. And then go jump around and do stuff and kind of kind of come and go there as like a home base. But uh, I always forget just because as a uh, as a younger man, I forget that Tower Records. I mean, started there. I mean, it's literally from Sacramento, and uh, you can still go see the building and everything. <clears throat> but uh, I forget that a lot of times. And really, my uh, my aunt's house that I was staying at lives just down the street from uh, the old the old Tower Theater building. And, uh, it's funny. It really like, like I knew it started in Sacramento, but I, I didn't, it didn't like even compute that much that like I drive by that building. I always thought it was cool. And I knew it was tower records, but like, 
I guess it didn't really hit me. I'm like, oh fuck, that's the original one. Until I finally watched All Things Must Pass, the uh, the Tower Records documentary that came out a few years ago. I've been wanting to see it for literally years and just kind of kept forgetting about it. And uh, while looking for someone to watch in my aunt's house, I, I was like looking up stuff and I'm like, you know, I should watch that. I was kind of on a documentary kick because I also watched, uh, they came out more recently. If you haven't seen them, uh, they're made by the uh, same, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. And he's been on my buddy's podcast, Let's Chat with Chris Revel. And oh, Taylor, Taylor Morden. I believe is his name, but he did uh, two documentaries recently. The Last Blockbuster, which is about the last blockbuster, which is in Bend, Oregon, which uh, I have actually seen. Funny enough, did not know it was the last blockbuster, but it makes sense. I saw it back in 2016, the first time I was going through Oregon. I remember I was driving through Bend in the middle of the night, and I think I just got off like I-5 or something, whatever interstate's off of Bend, and... uh, was driving through for gas or something. I don't know. I mean, this was, this was like midnight, one in the morning. And I, I pulled like do a U-turn or some shit in a parking lot. And I look and I go, is that a fucking blockbuster? Like, I mean, you know, in 2016, by 2016, I, blockbusters were closed for, you know, I think at that point, four or five years. So, I mean, I was like, I was pretty taken. And the fact that it also looked you know, again, this is this is midnight. It's not open, but it's lit up, and it looks like there's shit inside. I go like, that looks like a fully functioning blockbuster, and uh, and you know, I always thought that was cool, but didn't really think much of it. And uh, and then lo and behold, a few years later, the last blockbuster comes out, which uh, was a really good, really good documentary. I'd definitely say check out. And then another one that Taylor did was uh, Pick It Up, Scott in the 90s, a movie all about uh, Scott in the 90s, if you couldn't tell from that that title. And uh, another excellent one, really, uh, he got some excellent uh, people in there to talk about, to talk about Scott and everything. And actually, a lot of people who have been on this show, there were like, I think there was at least three or four people that I saw pop up in there that uh, have been on this show. Um, Jason Navarro from The Suicide Machines, David McWayne, a big D in the kids' table, um, oh man, there were a couple others too, but, uh, both really good. But, uh, anyways, I was kind of on a documentary kiss kick also, uh, Oh X, the unheard music, great music doc, which, uh, I'd never watched really liked it visually really, really cool. I think, I think Xene had a lot to do with like the art direction and stuff of it. Cause it's, it very much has that, that Xene vibe to it, which, uh, is very, very cool that like that. That whole like art and everything that kind of surrounded, you know, that uh, early X and everything. But uh, those were cool. And that Tower Records documentary really, really enjoyed. And like I said, like really started thinking about like how important that building that, you know, that that old tower building I drew, driven by a hundred times. But like, oh, fuck, like that's the original. That's where it all started. Like after watching that documentary, I had to drive down there later that day. And uh, and just kind of stand stand out of the parking lot and like look at the look at the building. There is an actual movie theater in there, which uh, dumb me. I actually thought it was just like a shitty, not shitty, but like just a movie theater. You know what I mean? Like just playing whatever's out right now, like you know, like a Sinmark or something. But I didn't realize it was kind of like an art house theater that plays like curated stuff and like different, you know, like like different uh, uh movies like old stuff and and like new new kind of like obscure things and uh would have loved to see something there and just never got around to it. I was going to go see oh Psycho on Halloween. I was going to go see it there but I ended up going to the drive-in which was a mistake cuz uh, I saw a double feature which was a, there were two horror films 
but God, did they suck. Uh, one was called like Antler or something, and I think the other was like the Summer House, the Beach House. I I don't know. They're both really really shitty <laughs> and not not a. Uh, I, I I was pretty stoked to uh to be like oh yeah go see some horror movies late at night on on Halloween and they end up sucking. I should have went to the old Tower Records and saw Psycho there. That was that was the better move. But uh yeah, it's so cool to see that building and just the history. It is gone now, but across the street, um, I knew it as Dimples. If you're if you uh if you if you're in Sacramento or been to Sacramento, you're probably aware of Dimples. They were in uh. They were in the old, I believe it was Tower Books across the street. It wasn't Tower Records, it was Tower Books. But Dimples was there for, uh, a, I mean, the the first couple of years I was going to Sacramento was there. And I went once or twice and really liked it. And they had another one in uh, Folsom just outside Sacramento. And I believe that might have been a Tower Records at 1.2. But uh, Dimples, both of those closed. And they were great record stores. Um, I always looked forward to those when I was in uh, Sacramento. But uh, there's a new one now, the cave, and I mean basically like like dimples, in uh, at least in the old Folsom one, the uh, the old Tower Books building was demolished, and there's nothing there. I have no clue what they're doing with that, but very sad to see history uh, gone like that. Like I think it's very cool. Like as much as it sucks that the that the original Tower Theater building isn't a Tower Records. I mean, re- I mean realistically, okay, I get it. At least it's preserved in a way where you can look at it and know what it was. Like you can look at it and see what once was there. And I really like I appreciate that. You know, because there's so much shit out there that that has been like destroyed and uh, you know, or not well preserved. Where that's kind of a cool thing where you can still drive, even if you just drive by it and kind of get a you know, you kind of get a kick out of it. Just like the one in uh, in Los Angeles. I don't know if they've messed with it at all, but uh, the uh, Tower Records on Sun on the Sunset Strip, I. Uh, I remember going uh, and seeing it. I guess it would have been five years ago. 2016 was the last time I was in Los Angeles, or the only time, first and last time I was in Los Angeles. But uh, you, it wasn't open, but uh, it, it looked the same. I mean, the the storefront, the parking lot, everything about it, you could tell it, it was Tower Records. And there was another one where I got such a kick out of it because it's like, okay, like I never got to go to that tower. Actually, I don't think I ever got to go to a Tower Records. I just always knew of them and know, you know, like know like why they're special and how special they are to people. And uh, that documentary too, if you've not seen it, all things must pass. Uh, that that is really really solid. I, I thought it was really good. And uh, also was in Sacramento uh, going going with all the Tower Records stuff. I ended up eating at this really rad place called Solomon's, uh, named after Russ Solomon, uh, who who found Tower Records. And uh, really good food too, but a really cool kind of quirky looking place that uh, is uh, dedicated to uh, to Russ, which is is again just very cool to see to see the love still there for Tower Records even. Even you know after it's been gone for uh, so long now, which it is still in Japan. If you didn't know, you you still can go to Tower Records Japan, and they are still online. I don't know if it's a U.S. store. It may all ship from Japan, but I mean it. It is. It does still exist to a certain degree, which uh, is also cool to see. You know, any any remnants of cool record stores like that is uh, is always appreciated. You know. But, uh, but yeah, that was about all I really, you know, besides the cave, I really didn't get to check out too many record stores in Sacramento this time. But there were like some smaller ones that I didn't get around to, but, uh, not, not tons of record stores there. But then again, maybe I'm just missing it. You know, like, like I, I always wonder that with cities sometimes because some cities, 
I'll hit big with record stores and stuff, but there's some places where like I go, maybe I just don't know where to look. You know, some places you go and you also don't get the benefit of the doubt where you're like, yeah, but it might not, it might be me, you know, but it, uh, I, I got a few good things there, but my, my big scores came from Amoeba and then down when I was in uh, Santa Cruz, Streetlight Records, which I'd never heard of before, but they have, I think, like three locations. Uh, had a nice, some really uh, a nice cassette collection uh, or selection for my cassette collection, which was uh, pretty damn cool. I uh, I appreciated it. They're also cheap too. They're like twenty five cents, fifty cents, which is what I like for a cassette because I will buy cassettes. But uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not a dumbass. I'm not spending ten dollars on a tape. Like I, I will spend a few dollars on them and I get a kick out of them, but uh, I'm not spending a whole lot more than that. So I found a good, a good cheap cassette uh, selection there, and uh, grabbed a bunch of casingles and stuff, and uh, that that was great. That that was a lot of fun. Santa Cruz was pretty rad. I, I hit that on the way down the uh, down California one, which I always California one and the Pacific Coast Highway going up uh, Oregon and Washington. I mean, just just driving, you know, driving the coast like that. Oh my God, it, it's like one of my favorite things in the world. It's uh, it's just so great. I, I love doing that any chance I get. So uh, I was happy to do that this time to uh, to get to ride it a little bit, a uh, a few times. It's still a couple hours from Sacramento, but uh, it worth the drive. So uh, I, I did I did get on there. I guess twice. Uh, the second time being a little quick. The first time a nice overnight trip, which uh, which was pretty cool. I got I got in a decent amount of stuff. But uh, with that, I mean, I did a lot of driving in the last like month, month and a half. So a lot of uh, a lot of music listening, and uh, a lot of like White Reaper. I've been listening to them a shit ton. Five hundred miles to Memphis. We just had a uh, or not just, but we had Ryan, their lead singer, on back in September. Very good dude, and uh, they just put out a new record. And I've been listening to their whole catalog because, which really, I'm still fairly new to their music because I just started listening to them just before I uh, interviewed Ryan. So, you know, on the trip, I was kind of going back through and listening to their catalog and checking stuff out and uh, just really enjoying it. And uh, a lot of, like, Menzingers as well. I I feel like Menzingers are always – they're kind of, like, on a constant. I I feel like there's never not a time where the Menzingers are probably – I probably listen to them at least once a week, if not more. But but that it doesn't change anything. I still listen to a lot of Menzingers lately. Uh, Jeff Cadill, who I had on, listening to his solo stuff. Turnstile, who uh, it's so funny. I love their new record, Glow On. Uh, I mean, it's really become like one of my favorite records of the year. And I never cared for Turnstile. Like, I didn't hate them. It was just never my thing. Like, I'd seen them live and I'm like, fuck, I get it. Like, they're, they were amazing live. They got this great energy. It was crazy to see people go that nuts for them. But it was just one of those things like, I don't really get it. And then on this album, I'm like, damn, credit where credit's due. This record's really fucking good. And the way they blend genres and stuff is just so, I mean, it, it's just, they have such a unique sound that it's like you you have to like it. Like you have to like the way they uh, do that. But same, another one I'm listening a shit ton to, The Dirty Nil. And uh, that's another band you just talk about. I love bands who can blend influences and genres so well you know, and just do it in such a way that's so, you know, so smooth and everything. Not, not this. Sometimes people will do that. There's bands who like will try, you know, like metal core, those metal core bands who would like, I, you don't see it so much. I guess it'd be easy core really, but like your, your bands who kind of in the vein of like a data or member and things like that, where it's like, they try to be really heavy 
and then also try to like, but we like pop music too, or like we're we're also gonna do the like poppy side of Blink One Eighty Two in here. Like we'll break down. It's like Blink One Eighty Two with breakdowns and yelling and stuff. But like, there's so many times where it's like, oh, this just sounds fucking awful. Like you're just blending genres, but it's not good. Where uh, I think when a band does that, which I mean, Turnstile and the Dirty Nil, neither of those bands, uh, you know, are Blink One Eighty Two with breakdowns. But, you know, I, I'm just saying there there's certain genres and things where it's like people try blending them and they just sound like shit. And then some bands just nail it on the head or just talented enough people and musicians who, uh, you know, get it, who can get it right. And uh, both of those, Turnstile and Dirty Nil, are uh, are two of them. And two two bands who have put out some of my favorite albums of this year, the Dirty Nil having, having like, I mean, my God, uh, so damn good with, uh, with Fuck Art. So yeah, lots of lots of that on the uh, drive. I, I got to say, it was a good year for music. When I look at a lot of the stuff I was playing on my ride, it was a lot of new stuff. Um, not not. I mean, there was like old stuff. Obviously, you have your classics, but it wasn't like all like it wasn't like I was finding myself only listening to things from like the '90s or something like that. Like I was listening to a lot of stuff uh, current too, which uh, is very very nice. But yeah, I was uh, I was doing that, listening to music out there, driving the coast a little bit while I could. And it's funny because even though I know that it isn't sunny, which for one, I also realized that like for years before I went to California, I just had the idea that like all of the West Coast, not just California, all of the West Coast looked like Southern California and was always sunny and there's palm trees everywhere shit. That's not the case at all. I mean, far, far from. And then, I mean, even like... I mean, you get to you get to Sacramento, which is like central northern California. Um, nah, I guess more central California, but um, it looks nothing like what what I had in my head. And then and then you look at like Portland, which uh, I'm still thinking about moving to. And I mean, I love I love the Pacific Northwest, and I like that overcast fogginess. And like it doesn't. I mean, I'm from Western New York. Like, I, bad weather doesn't bother me. That's why I, I loved Minneapolis. I'm like, I already know like affects snow and stuff. Like, it's it's pretty comparable. Like, you know, like it, it's about it's about the same. Like, you're not really, you're not you're not. It's not like a shock to the system. Probably be mo- it's more of a shock to the system going somewhere really goddamn hot because I there's some people who can't imagine living in like in like say Minnesota in the winter. But I can't imagine living in like Arizona or Nevada in the summertime, like shit like that, or like Texas in the summertime. Like fuck that. I would much rather be cold than uh, than uh, just sweating my ass off like that. I I don't like those. But where it's too hot to even go outside, you're like, well, it would be nice to go and enjoy the outdoors, but I will have a heat stroke, so I have to go sit in AC all day. Like I I don't like that. But anyway. You know, I, I, for some reason, always forget that, like, it's not going to be always warm just because you're in California. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, like, I, I was shocked when it when it kind of felt like fall in California. But uh, lo and behold, Sacramento felt like fall outside. And, uh, and, I mean, I still miss some snow that was going on back here back home, which I'm uh, in now. But yeah, for like some reason, I'm like, oh, it's always sunny there. You guys don't have seasons and stuff. And it's like, oh, no, they in fact do. And uh, there are definitely some times where it was uh, it was raining and foggy 
and not not the uh, not the sunny California that I used to have in my head as a young naive child uh, who had never been west before. But uh, now now that has changed. I've I've been west more more than enough times. But uh, good times out there. I've I've wanted to move out there for a long time. Not not California so much. I always enjoyed out there. But like really like more like Portland and Seattle's what's kind of attracted me throughout the years when I go out there. Like I always like visiting California, but it, like Pacific Northwest is more I feel like my uh, my style for like if like I'm gonna live somewhere. So uh, that's kind of what I'm figuring out right now. I mean, my next thing is to uh, to move. You know, I I came back here to Jamestown from Minneapolis. I mean, two years ago, and originally the plan was to like be here very for a very short time, figure out what the next move was. And uh, I ended up moving back just a few months before COVID. And then it was like, all right, I'm just going to stay in place for a while. So that's kind of been my thing for a while. Now, now we're like here and it's like, oh, damn, it's been two years. I, I got to like figure this out and uh, where I'm going next. So that's that's what I'm doing now. I'm, uh, I'm figuring out. I'm here with you good people. I'm uh, going to continue doing the show. I know I've had a few people ask me like, oh, you're going to continue – doing uh the power cord hour but i mean that that's not even a question in my head of course i will um i mean it didn't stop last time when i moved to minneapolis i just started doing it in my apartment i mean i uh my whole thing is that is sure i prefer doing it in a uh, in a nice beautiful studio as i'm coming to you at right now but uh if i if need be i also have the setup where i can record just about anywhere so uh you know i'm i'm kind of like looking at it like that where Hey, if I go out there, that uh, that works too. I can uh, I can set up in my apartment, just like I can I can have a studio in a studio again. So uh, so we'll see where I end up. But uh, either way, I will continue doing the show. So uh, no fear. And uh, yeah, and I am back. You know, like I said, we know I have much left of the year, but I will be back for the rest of the year uh, into the new year. And we shouldn't have any more. Uh, unexpected breaks like that like i said too i was gonna originally and uh i but i always i i feel like you can go back through and any time that i go on a trip or like you know leave leave for a couple weeks i always kind of have the idea like oh i'm gonna record while i'm out and it never happens because it's just it's not so much this time i've had ones before where i kind of think about it and it's like the whole trip is like like a hiking trip or something it's like by the time i get out there I don't want to fucking do one. It was like me and uh, me and Dave from 19 Cent Zine, who uh, has been on the show before, but me and him went to Skatopia over the summer. And I mean, I had stuff with me to record, and like they're like we were originally talking about it on the way up, like oh we'll do we'll do an episode, you know, we'll go find like our camp spot, we'll hang out, we'll we'll just bullshit and stuff. By the time you get to Skatopia and it's midnight and you're blasting punk music and just being dumbasses under the full moon. Like the last thing you want to do is is do a podcast. It's the last fucking thing you want to do. So uh, you know that happens a lot. This time it wasn't so much that it was more just technical stuff and trying to figure it out. But uh, I, I think it I think it was maybe for the better that I didn't because I don't know what the quality of those would have been sound wise and just quality of uh, content. But that also means that uh, I've been talking to some people. And uh, has some cool guests lined up, which uh, is, is sometimes good. I know last time we took a break, I uh, I was off for like a week or two, which really doesn't seem like that much time. But really, in that time, I ended up uh, like getting a few different guests, and then uh, coming back really strong. You know, just having like a big guest list because 
you know, not doing the show for a couple weeks, you uh, kind of build those, you know, all of a sudden you kind of start banking these uh, interviews and everything and uh, getting them out there. So uh, I think that's what we're going to end up doing here again. And I won't spoil anything yet. I mean, I haven't recorded any of the interviews, but uh, I have some pretty rad ones. And uh, one of them being a a band who put out a record this year, which is uh, definitely in my top 10 albums of the year and one I'll talk a lot about later. But uh, I believe a few members of that band will uh, be coming on here very shortly. I mean, again, there's only there's only so many weeks left in the year, so I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, very very soon. But uh, I would also like to know. I mean, looking further into the future, more into 2022. But uh, email me powercordhour at gmail.com. I want to know like what guests would you like to see on the show? Who should I reach out to? Who would you like to hear on the show? I would love to hear from you. So yeah, let me know, uh, powercordhour at gmail.com, and uh, maybe we'll make something happen, you know, in 2022, maybe your favorite artist will, uh, you'll hear them talking to this here, uh, this here podcast host, so uh, maybe we'll make it happen, but uh, yeah, that is, that has been, that's been me the last like month, month and a half, been missing you all very much. But uh, we are back here now at the end of November, and uh, the November rundown, we got some new music for you, quite a bit. Uh, MXPX staying busy this month with new music. They just put out a live album, Southbound to San Antonio, as well as a brand new uh, Christmas song. They do that every year, if uh, you didn't know. This is their annual Xmas song. It is Hold Your Tongue and Say Apple. So uh, yeah, if you're an MXPX fan, you got a couple cool little things to go check out there. Uh, another one turnover with all together. It is crazy to see this band, uh, throughout the years evolve and change sounds and stuff. I was just telling, uh, a buddy of mine who, who actually sent me a download of this album. He had an extra download code, but like I was telling him, I discovered this band actually 10 years ago, uh, this month because on my birthday, November 13th, 2011, I went to go see Handguns and Forever Came Calling up at Mohawk Place in Buffalo. They just put out their split 7-inch, and uh, we're doing a a little tour. I saw them at a house show in Erie the night before and went and saw them at uh, Mohawk Place in Buffalo. And uh, anyway, I believe it is Broken Rim Records is the name of the record label. They've put out a few cool records over the years. Uh, But anyways, the owner of that record label was selling records at the show. Um, There's a good chance he booked the show too. But uh, he was selling records like just... A bunch of I don't even know I don't even know if it was distro. It might have even just been his personal collection. But like I remember buying a shit ton of things from him. I bought like the movie Life. Um, what I get this time next year, I believe I bought from him. Um, I bought a handguns. I think anywhere but home uh, on vinyl. Oh man, what else? There was a no effects seven inch. Like I can't remember everything I got from. Him. I think a four year strong album. Uh, just a bunch of vinyl. Like I can't remember now, but I, I, I spent a bunch of money and, uh, he, you know, he had that record label too. And just seeing the stuff I bought, he's like, Hey, what's your email address? I'm going to send you this EP from this band turnover that, uh, is about to come out. I, I think it was like just coming out or if it wasn't, it, it had just come out. He's like, Oh, I'll send it to you. Like, I mean, I obviously by like the, you're at this show and the music you just bought, you'll really like this. So uh, I ended up emailing him the next day, and uh, he sent me he sent me the uh, MP3s of that EP of the first turnover EP, 
and uh, it was good stuff, you know, but very, very much, uh, you know, just pop punk. And it's crazy throughout the years seeing them, I mean, get bigger and again, just change their sound and stuff. And like, even like people I know who like, I never would have thought would like turnover, uh, liking turnover and stuff. So just, just very, uh, rad to see all that happening for them. So uh, very cool. Go check them out. Justin Courtney Pierre has a new EP. It is ghost world. And just like all his recent EPs, very, very excellent. Definitely go check that out. Got a new single from Stress Dolls, our buddies from Up in Buffalo. They got a new single called Crawl, and I'll play that here for you in a minute. Jim Lindbergh of Pennywise has a new one out. It is his first solo record. It is called Songs from the Elkhorn Trail. Lars Fredrickson of Rancid, talk about uh, solo records. He has a brand new solo EP out. It is called To Victory. You go check that one out. A brand new single is out now from Bowling for Soup called Killing Them with Kindness. The Slackers have a new single out, Windowland, with a B-side, I Almost Lost You. And uh, Night Crickets, a brand new band that was just announced. This is very cool. So if you listen to my interview with Victor DiLorenzo of the Violent Femmes back in September, he teased that he had a new band coming up with uh, someone who was in another band that would probably be of interest to those listening. But that was all he could really say. He wasn't even really being cryptic. He was just like, you get, like there will be more... Like more stuff will come out in in time, and he was right; it did. This is it. It is uh, it is Victor DiLorenzo, uh, original Violent Femmes drummer. This is his new band, Night Crickets, and uh, it is his new band with David J of Bauhaus and Love and Rockets. Which uh, I mean, I mean, there you go. You have members of uh, of Bauhaus and uh, Violent Femmes. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. And uh, and rounding up or rounding off that uh, that trio for the band is also Darwin Miners and uh, their brand new band Night Crickets are uh, coming out with their uh, new album A Free Society. It's going to be coming out on uh, Omnivore Records in uh, January, so just like two months now. It's coming up very quick, but uh, they just put out their debut single called A Free Society, and uh, I'll play that for you too here in a minute. Definitely want to play that for you after. Uh, Victor was on here because I, I was so excited. Like he, he couldn't say, and it's, uh, it's rad to see it come out now. Like I was wondering the, about the band who was going to be in the band. Cause he kind of like, that was the thing he kind of hinted at. It was someone who was in that wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like if you were a violent femmes fan, you would probably be stoked on who he's playing with. So, uh, it's really cool. It's, uh, it's just, it's experimental and it's very neat. And, uh, I'm excited to hear more stuff from it. So I'll play you a free society here in a minute, but that is very cool. We got a brand new single from the band Rip Room. It is called Complication, and you can go get a free download of it on uh, SpartanRecords.com. That is their uh, first single since signing with Spartan, but I'm going to assume they got a new album coming out sometime soon since uh, they did just sign with them. Another one Nirvana just put out. I mean, it's not a new album, but uh, Nevermind just put out the uh, 30th Anniversary Edition, which is uh, pretty cool. I might grab that on vinyl. I was looking around for it. Uh, they have a bunch of, it's one of those ones that has like fucking crazy stuff. Like there's the super bonus deluxe edition for like $250 and stuff. But I just, I just want, I wouldn't mind never mind on vinyl with the uh, bonus seven inch that they got out right now, which, uh, I'm going to have to keep looking around for and, uh, hopefully grab for a, uh, a decent, a decent price. The Wonder Years just put out a new holiday song, the first one in uh, years, I think since, I want to say Christmas at 23 was their last one, unless I'm like uh, forgetting any other ones, but Threadbare, that is a new one out, 
we got a new album from Another One Down with a Bitter Descent. Uh, Zebrahead just put out a new EP called Three. And uh, really cool, a new single, talking about the Menzingers here earlier, but Gregor Barnett, uh, singer of the Menzingers, he is about to put out his first solo record called Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave. And uh, he just put out his first single off of it called Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave. So uh, we'll kick off the music with that right now. Here's some new music for you from Gregor Barnett of the Menzingers right here on the November Rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Spanish bullfight with a tour of 
took to the skies Hoped we'd never be found And all the ones back on earth Said kids you better come down I was thrilled and in love But my words they were greedy They hemmed and they hard Would you ever believe me? You say you've questions This is Chelsea from Stress Dolls, and you are tuned into the Power Chord Hour. Imagine, if you will. 
free society where the empty horses can run wild and ad hoc without fear of variance, variance of concern. Conversation is between Juliet and the thimble, and Oumuamua is visiting from a galaxy far, far away. A free society. A free society. Where the boss and the frail pagans can be at peace in the house of heat. A free society. A free society. A free society. Where the voice coil comes down the tracer bone and the dark watchers Los Vigilantes Oscuros are listening, listening, listening to Night Crickets. Right here on the November rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast, that was recent guest of the show, Victor Lorenzo, with his brand new band, Night Crickets, with their song, A Free Society. First song off their brand new record, Free A Free Society, which is coming out January 21st on Omnivore Recordings. Make sure you uh, write down that date. I'm very excited to hear the rest of that album. And again, that is a... Uh, I mean, that is a super group of uh, 80s, like, indie rock, college rock, 
uh, royalty there. Victor DiLorenzo of the Violent Femmes, David J of Bauhaus and Love and Rockets. I mean, that is uh, that is quite a pairing. I'm very stoked. And uh, to be quite honest, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we have Victor back on here when that record comes out. Because we, uh, we were talking about it last time he was on, like... Once uh, once that project was announced, he's like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll come back on. So uh, maybe you'll hear Victor again, which I would love because, my God, uh, that man, I mean, one of the nicest, like legitimately nicest people. And, like, then, then you just have these moments. Like, I still will, like, talk to him and stuff on, like, uh, you know, just social media and stuff. We'll still kind of keep tabs with him and talk. And, like... He's like congratulated me. Like I remember, like I don't, I don't know, like a post about I don't know, maybe it was like the five year anniversary of the show, something, something with the show celebrating it, and him just like congratulating me and stuff, and be, and then just in my head, I'm like, like this, this is the guy who like played drums on all those Violent Femmes records, like all those classic records. Like this man is like this man is royalty in my eyes. Like that is. That's the person, like, those are the kind of people who, to me, it's, like, it, it's not, it's not the, like, biggest names of the 80s. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about Bon Jovi or, uh, you know, Madonna or, uh, you know, I mean, take your pick. The the members of Duran Duran would not make me uh, super, super excited. But, like, if you're the drummer of Violent Femmes or, you know, I mean, you're a member of The Replacements or, or X or Husker Du or, like, that whole, you know, the college rock and indie rock scene of the eighties, like my God, like those, those people to me are, are the royalty that I'm like, fuck, like you, like the best, the best albums of all time. I mean, I will, that first violent femmes record is, I mean, bands would kill to have that strong of a debut record. Like, like any band out there could like just wish they could write a debut that just front to back, perfect. Every song's good, innovative as all hell. I mean, basically creates a genre. <laughs> like, I mean, you, your first record, you, you, we created folk punk. You know what I mean? Like, we put this album out. We basically just created folk punk. So uh, it's cool to see Victor doing more stuff. Very excited to hear more from Night Crickets, and uh, hopefully he'll be back on the show soon. But if you've not heard that, uh, our interview from back in September, go listen to that. Talk to him a bunch about his uh, his Violent Femmes years, as well as his uh, other latest band, 1913, which he's been doing for a while. Victor stays busy, man. He uh, Even before this band, he, uh, he is one of those people who just always has a few things going. He's always doing something creative, and, uh, and I love that. Before that, Stress Dolls with a brand new single, Crawl. Make sure you go check that one out. And uh, Bandcamp Friday, depending on where you're listening to this, is uh, this Friday. Uh, what would that be? December 3rd, I believe. And uh, so that would be a good one to go grab and support Chelsea and company there. Uh, always good. And depending on where you're listening to this, but uh, they play quite a bit. And I know Chelsea plays solo too up in Buffalo. So uh, if you're listening around the uh, Buffalo area, or uh, you just find yourself in the Buffalo area for some reason, go uh, go see if Stress Dolls is playing a show because there's a good chance that they are. And uh, you should go check that out. And opening up that block of music was Gregor Barnett of the Menzingers with Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave off his uh, upcoming debut solo record, Don't Go Throwing Roses in My Grave. And uh, that one will be out February 18th, 2022. Those dates sound so far from now, but they're really not. Like, same with the... 
Same with the uh, night crickets. Like January uh, 21st sounds far away. In actuality, it's less than two months. <laughs> like it's really, it's really not that far away in the least. And neither is this one. This one's like two and a half months about. So uh, yeah, these these will be out sooner than later. But uh, not a bad thing. It's a it's a strong way to uh, start off 2022. Because again, 2021 has had some damn good music. I gotta say, 2020 and 2021 has been shitty with everything else. Like like as far as as just the world goes and life and stuff with the coronavirus and everything, obviously terrible and bad. As far as music goes, my God, we've gotten some solid solid music the last uh, two years. I gotta I gotta say we've. Uh, and I don't know if it's all that because a lot of times I feel like uh, I, I've interviewed bands and stuff where it's like, oh, did you write, you know, like an album comes out during the pandemic where I'm like, did you write a lot of this during the pandemic? And they're like, no, we recorded this in like February of 2020 and then and then everything shut down. Like this wasn't even written during COVID. So I don't know if it's all that or what. Maybe just maybe if there wasn't even a pandemic, we would have gotten all this great music. But uh, yeah, I just feel like the last two years his uh we've seen some really good stuff and by the looks of it 2022 isn't going to slow down on that so while while there's you know rightfully so not tons to look forward to right now in the world new music is one of them and uh, not just new music but how about some music news i got a few pieces for you before uh, we are done with this here podcast this week and uh i mean this has become an annual tradition, which is very cool, though one that I have sadly not been able to partake in yet. But one day, it will definitely, I, I, I will be at this one day. But uh, the Lawrence Arms have announced the dates and lineups for their seventh annual War on Xmas shows. I mean, those War on Christmas shows are always uh, are always uh, something to look forward to. Even, even if you're not going, I, I feel like uh, just like seeing the lineup and shit is uh, always exciting. And uh, they're going to be playing the Chop Shop in Chicago December 9th, 10th, and 11th. And uh, night one is going to be the Lawrence Arms with Direct Hit and Evil Empire. Night two, they'll be playing with Broadway Calls and Cat Bite. And then on uh, night three, they'll be playing with Elway and the Muslims. And uh, if you are in that area, or I mean, hell, even if you're not in the Chicago area, people definitely travel for that one. Uh, tickets are on sale now, and I'm sure they'll go fast. I feel like every year they sell out. But uh, yeah, that is that is one of those ones that I would love to get up to Chicago and uh, go see three nights that. It is, I mean, for one, it's Lawrence Arms and three, seeing them play three nights is already rad, but uh, they always get good openers. They uh, This year is no exception. They always have really solid openers on there. Like it's a. Uh, it's one of those it's just one of those things now too like I mean it's crazy they've been doing the war on Christmas for uh for seven years now but like I just I always feel like it's put together really well it's not just this some bands will do like a holiday like an annual holiday show thing and that's rad but it's just kind of like okay we're just you know like we're playing whatever like this is where we're playing and that's it maybe there's an opener but like I feel like the Lawrence arms every year, uh, you know, it's it's like the 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 themes for each night. You know, they'll they'll do themes and give them names. The bands that they put on the shows, like you know, I think they even strategically place the bands for each night where it makes sense to uh, you know, like the set that the Lawrence Arms is playing that night. Like everything about it, I feel like is really well put together. It's one of those things that are, uh, and I guess it, it makes sense too. I think Riot Fest. I don't know if it always has, but I think Riot Fest is is putting it on this year. I don't I don't know what 
like how much their hand is put into it or not every year. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they uh, you know do a decent amount with it because again, it, like every every year it seems to be uh, like really thought out and really well put together. I would say it's definitely one of the better uh, annual holiday shows that uh that a band does every year so that is very cool um you know if you uh if you can make it to that i would definitely say go grab yourself some tickets because that is uh that's another one that i feel like like in my head i'm like oh you know those weren't christmas shows that's that's coming up in a little while and it's like not really it's coming up in like two weeks i think something like two weeks so i would definitely grab those because i'm sure that will uh, sell out uh, another cool one talking about some shows uh, Australian punk band The Chats have announced a North American tour for a spring of 2022 and The Chats are going to be hitting the road with Mean Jeans and the band Thick with uh, dates all over the country including Pittsburgh, Cleveland, St. Paul, Seattle, Denver, Chicago, Nashville and a bunch more and uh, this tour was originally slated for 2020 and uh, I remember being pretty excited for it because I just heard the chats right as they were uh, announcing that tour and then COVID hit so did not happen they have uh, not been able to play the state since then so uh, yeah this is uh, this has been rescheduled two years in the making now and uh, they released their latest album High Risk Behavior last year which uh, they were supposed to tour that that's basically why they were coming here to play so now they're doing uh, their their North American tour for uh, High Risk Behavior but uh, if you've not checked out the chats you definitely got to go check them out I've, I've talked about them on here I've played them on the radio show but uh, a, a great great band that uh, just a really fun uh, punk rock band that uh, that sounds like Black Flag and uh, does not take itself seriously at all just uh, you know all, all the songs are about just getting drunk and uh, doing stupid things, and uh, <laughs> and I can get behind that, and uh, I can also get behind this tour because Mean Jeans are kind of the uh, in in a lot of ways they kind of are the American version of the Chats, like another really fun. Though I will say, if the Chats are like a fun like Black Flag, like a party version of Black Flag, uh, Mean Jeans are like a party version of the Ramones, you know, kind of. Uh, kind of thing but like i feel like that's a great fitting and uh thick as well I, i'm not super familiar with them but i've heard a few songs i can't remember the one i heard recently there was there was one specific song i heard recently off uh i think their latest album that uh i really liked but i i think that that whole lineup and pairing will uh will be pretty cool i also know thick has like been playing a ton of uh like been on a bunch of shows or tours lately that uh, seem very cool. It seems like they're doing quite well for themselves, and uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a cool uh, that's going to be a cool tour. I'm definitely going to have to go catch that because, uh, like I said, I was looking forward to this back in 2020 because I saw they were announcing it just as I was uh, discovering the band, and uh, then it got uh, you know canceled or postponed, I guess. But uh, yeah, that that is a great pairing, uh, Mean Jeans and the Chats. That is that is going to be a good time for uh, everyone who is at those shows. And uh, one last piece of news, kind of a, uh, not kind of, a very sad one. But uh, back on November 18th, iconic British photographer Mick Rock passed away at uh, age 72. Rock was an acclaimed photographer who, uh, I mean, he shot everyone. But I mean, iconic photos and album covers. His, his biggest, I mean, he up to this day, 
uh, I mean, an icon still working with the biggest names, but I feel like the seventies was his like real, his real like time to shine. And I mean, some of the, some of the biggest ones, including, you know, the Ramones end of the century, the Stooges raw power. I mean, talk about iconic covers, uh, you know, I mean, Iggy pop up there with that, uh, microphone and the eyeliner on and those leather fucking pants. I mean, iconic Lou Reed's transformer, uh, Joan Jett's I love rock and roll. I mean, just just a few, just to name a few, uh, some of the some of the album covers that he shot, and uh, he has been called, I mean, the quintessential rock photographer of the '70s. And as far as uh, photo documentation, uh, responsible for a huge documentation of the '70s, and uh, yeah, just a huge loss. the uh, The cause of the uh, mixed death was uh, it was never announced, but uh, yeah, just a just a huge loss. I mean, that guy is an absolute legend. He's some he is one of those people who even if you don't know the name Mick Rock, which you probably do, but if you don't, I mean just a quick Google search and looking up like like his pictures and the things that uh, he's done, I mean you'll you'll right away you'll know his work. If you don't know the name, you know his work. I mean just the most iconic like, you know, and, and again like the 70s specifically, like he he really was I mean he documented all that all that cool shit going on in New York and and all of the uh you know all the stuff with Iggy and Lou Reed and David Bowie and stuff I mean he documented all of that you know was was just so important I mean the fact that all of that is as well documented as it is is uh because of him and I know like like if you follow please kill me on uh on Instagram which uh, is a good follow really on on anywhere and a great website too if you you know obviously the book please kill me and uh, if you didn't know they they have a great website and uh, social media presence and do a bunch of cool interviews and stuff but like I feel like they're always posting like old school pictures and half of them were you know the photo credits from Mick Rock like you know, uh, it's just one of those things where if it's a if you see pictures of certain bands and it's of a certain era, I mean, nine times out of ten, Mick Rock took that picture. Like he he was the one who took it, and uh, and just such an interesting guy too. Like someone who you like very recently, just a few months ago, I was going down rabbit holes like watching interviews and stuff that he's done because he was just such a charismatic guy. Like just you understood why he why he probably got to take pictures with everyone and how he kind of got his foot in the door. I mean, he just he seemed like one of those people who was just likable from the get-go. Like it'd be hard not to like that guy. Like that's that's the vibe I get from him is like it would be hard not to not to be charmed by that guy. You know, like just from minutes within minutes of meeting him, I I feel like that's what you'd get. And uh, I I can't remember the name of the series. He did a series within the last few years that I was watching clips on YouTube of and uh, was just really great, well worth tracking down. Um, I mean, if you're sure, you just look up like Mick Rock TV series or something. Um, it, it was really good. I mean, again, like just someone – he's someone that I that I always thought too would be very cool to interview. Like someone where it's like just one of those guys who has – so many like the same reason why I love uh, talking to like music producers because I'm like you you're not just the guy in one band like I can ask you stories instead of getting stories of the one band you're in you have stories from a hundred different bands you've produced because you've worked with all of them and uh, same with someone like Mick where it's like oh like you have not only do you have your own stories but you have stories of hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, just just one of those guys would have uh, would have absolutely been amazing to uh, interview and talk to. 
But uh, just so sad to see him gone. You know, also because of the fact that, I mean, so many of those people who he, you know, who he is famous for uh, taking pictures of and stuff are gone themselves. You know, so many of those uh, '70s icons are uh, are now dead themselves, and uh, seeing seeing another one gone is uh, extremely sad. You know, another another chunk of. Uh, of that whole, that whole history, uh, gone. Definitely, definitely. I would say a chunk of uh, New York punk history for sure. I would, I would say he is, uh, he definitely left a mark in, in that, in that as well. And, and before punk too, all the, uh, all the proto punks, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, rest in peace to a Mick. And, uh, yeah, again, if, if, uh, the name doesn't sound familiar, which I mean, legendary i'm sure you know he is but like if for whatever reason you don't i mean just go look up some of the photos that he's uh taken i mean just such a legend you know so rest in peace you know gone but not forgotten he uh he is responsible for some of the best uh album covers out there i mean hands down but uh yeah that is that is gonna be it not to uh not to leave you on a uh, on such a somber note, you know, you should go celebrate his life. Go listen to, I mean, goddamn, go listen to End of the Century, Raw Power, Transformer, I Love Rock and Roll, and uh, I mean, just start with those. Just go start, really, go start with Raw Power. Go fucking blast Raw Power and look at that album cover because that is that is one of the most iconic album covers with just Iggy of like that. It's, there's a mood to it, like that that cover tells you what you're about to listen to. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I feel like you just look at that and go, I'm, I'm about to get my world fucking rocked. And that's exactly what happens when you put raw power on. But, uh, but yeah, rest in peace to a, uh, to a real legend. But uh, that is going to be the show. Thank you so much for checking out the November rundown of the power Court hour podcast. Very, very happy to be back with you and uh, very happy and excited to see how we uh, end out 2021 here on the show. Fifth anniversary of the Power Court Hour and been having a blast uh, this year doing it. And, I mean, hell, we're getting up to the second, fifth anniversary of the show altogether, second anniversary almost of the podcast. We're, we're coming up here on the uh, on the second anniversary, which is also just insane to me. But uh, I love it. If you wanna If you want to support the show, the best way to do it, is uh, rate and review the show wherever you uh, listen to this and uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. If you have not yet, subscribe, rate, and review. Huge, huge help to the show. Cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, also, follow us online. We are at Power Court Hour on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can find the show on YouTube, all our uh, past podcast episodes, old uh, pre-podcast uh, interviews and stuff from the radio show are up there. Uh, my, my very first interview with Steven erotic from shower with goats, which, uh, aired five years ago, like a week ago. It's been about a week, uh, to mark the five year anniversary of the very first interview, our very first guest on the power court hour. And, uh, if you want to go check that out, a little rough around the edges, but, uh, that it's on me. Steve was a great first guest, but, uh, you can definitely tell it's my first time ever interviewing, uh, somebody, but if you want to go check that out on the YouTube page, it is uh, way at the bottom, I believe is our very first video. And, uh, man, what else? Uh, the radio show every Friday night from 10 to midnight on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. Uh, if you want to check out the radio show, you can stream it online at WRFALP.com. And uh, you can stream the radio station on there and check out my show and all the other great programs on WRFA. 
and uh, just such a great, uh, such a great station. I know when I uh, when I do finally move here, I'm gonna. I mean, the show will still be on WRFA, but I'll miss uh, being able to come and do it in studio and uh, hang out and seeing everyone here. It is a uh, is a great radio station and a, a great little uh, group and community. And uh, yeah, so if you want to check out the radio show every Friday night, play a bunch of uh, music. And like I said, this Friday night, playing all replacements as well as uh, post replacements material. Your Bash and Pops, your Perfects, Paul Westberg's solo stuff, Chris's solo stuff, Static Taxi, Slim solo stuff, all all that. I'll uh, I'll definitely make sure gets uh, played on there. But yeah, that will be uh, that'll be Friday night if you want to check it out. And if you don't listen to the radio show but you want to hear what I play, also on Spotify I put up weekly playlists. So you can go check those out. Hundreds and hundreds of them. I put up uh, I put up everything we play every week on the radio shows. A bunch of other bonus. Uh, playlist power chord crash course playlist different things like that so you can go find those on uh, spotify and uh, power chord hour at gmail.com hit me up i want to know who you want to hear on the show next year who are some uh, guests that you want me to uh, interview and uh, also i have some power chord hour stickers so if you want to email me for those i will send you some we are uh, almost out it's almost time for me to order more so uh, hit me up and i will gladly send you what i have left of But uh, that is going to be the show. I'll be back next week. But until then, for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.